This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm breathless, Josh. What a thrilling derby day. We're recording uh, shortly after the Merseyside derby. and You said derby um, and derby in the same sentence there. That's really... Your Americanisms and your Britishisms both came out. In the same. <laughs> you should you should see the hat I'm wearing right now, Josh. Uh, I'll leave the listeners to guess what type of hat I'm wearing. But uh, there you have. Do you think they they call a derby hat a derby hat in England? <laughs> they must, right? I think it's the whole word is just is just pronounced differently over there. <laughs> so so let's stick with derby. So derby day uh, for me was like going to a concert. Well. So I went to see Rage Against the Machine uh, when mm-hmm. I was a freshman in college, and Wu-Tang Clan opened for them. Who opened for Wu-Tang Clan? Well, it was Atari Teenage Riot. Never heard of them. Uh, you know, they were fine, whatever. But it was all just sort of uh, setting the table for, for the main events. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot like uh, Derby Day, where Fulham, Chelsea was Atari Teenage Riot. Wu-Tang mm-hmm. Clan was definitely the North London Derby, and then we finished it off with Rage Against the Machine in Liverpool. Right. Okay, yes. I mean, really, it was it was a strange match. I I, I don't know. Like, it felt like um, it's like this this is the new Liverpool, you know, where they sort of don't. I don't. It's like I I still have an idea in my head that they're this team that like just runs over people, and yeah. they're really they're really not anymore. You know, they're a team that like squeaks out these like kind of tight wins, you know, like they're, they're so much more defensively strong than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the working theory is that Klopp is intentionally not pressing as hard just to save sure. his team for later in the season. So yeah, the big question is when do they decide to actually turn it on? 
Yeah. I mean, it clearly worked what, you know, what they did last year worked, you know, I mean, they, they made the champions league final. If they had more squad depth, they probably would have finished, you know, second in the league or something like that. So, but yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, it looks like they're kind of on the cusp of like maybe missing out on um, the round of 16. I think they have to beat a Napoli by like two nil or something like that. I mean, wouldn't it be great? Like the best situation for them would, if they want to win the league would be to not make it any further than the champions league. Right. I mean, you know, just, concentrate on the league it would actually be if there was a way for them to finish fourth and just miss the reopa league entirely that would really be the Mm -hmm. the dream scenario for them i think yeah the the uh the theory i worked out in my own brain today was (laughs) klopp just wants to try and qualify for the knockout stages and then he can just throw it away and focus on the league it is it's surprising on a side note it's surprising how often he's fielded his strongest possible 11 this season right like 14 weeks into the season Mo Salah started every single match i never would have thought that would happen yeah, right. I guess uh, it, we we were hinting at it. It's it's the it's the it's the guys he puts out in the starting eleven, like Salah, Firmino, and Mane. It's also the tactics with which they deploy. Like you, somebody like uh, John Terry can start every single match across the league and European fixtures, but if he's not asked to do a, um, you know a whole lot of running or physical exertion, he can do that. Yeah. So um, maybe because of these particular um, less pressing styles that Klopp is deploying, he feels more comfortable playing these guys. Yeah. But at the that, same time, because of the tactics, we're not getting those FPL points out of them that we want. I was going to say, is there a way for us to bring FPL back into this? We finally did it four, <laughs> four minutes into the podcast. Uh, another another solid blank, another clean sheet for 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 Trent and, and Robertson yeah, Van Dyke finally picks up an assist. I mean, we really have probably been sleeping on the double up. Uh, I, I shouldn't say sleeping because it actually seems to come up. Like yeah. seems, we, we throw it into every podcast. Like, Oh, Hey, yeah. maybe, maybe a double up is a good idea, but it's usually like an hour yeah. and 15 minutes. Of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly the most bizarre. Well, we do live in an FPL world defined by bizarre assists, and we'll get to mm-hmm. that a little bit later in the show. But it's up there, like top five weirdest FPL assists. Did you even think that was going to drop in? Like, well, like, okay, like, so that yeah, it was weird. That, that, that I watched it in two parts. The first part, uh, Van Dyke takes a wild volley swing, and the ball just flies up in the air. And I'm like, well, that was ill advised. Um, <laughs> And then it was like I, I felt as if I turned away from the TV, went and made some toast, came back, and then the Origi portion of that play happened. It <laughs> that seems so just, separate in my mind. Honestly, that is a pick for an assist. Van Dyke is lucky to get an – I think he got an assist on that. Yeah. I guess it's a shot on target. It's like it's like a cross. And it was just a weird one. Uh, a very yeah. One of the strangest innings you'll ever see. Uh, weird end of the – weird fantasy week too. Um, I – uh, I am probably feeling okay. So I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you know, I have two transfers going into the next game week. Thank God. Cause I'm, it looks like I'm on 49 points, which, uh-huh. um, I mean, I, I honestly, I just can't remember ever feel like, okay. I say this like once a year, but this is like as low <laughs> as I can remember feeling mm-hmm. like I just mm-hmm. am so, I just feel so done. You know, like if I feel like <laughs> I honestly feel like if I didn't have a podcast, I would just be like checked out for a while. Cause I just feel so just depressed and and wiped out and I, I i just like i don't know it's like the problem with making we're a couple here for you trans- josh we're here i know for you. right i know i know thank you but the problem with making a couple i don't know sorry by the way someone's like yeah last week it was the baby crying now it's like someone like 
I don't even know what they're doing. Like they got like a like a wind blower outside or something. Like we're that. we're trying to uh, reinvent the image of always cheating as a podcast in which you can hear a car getting uh, <laughs> carjacked in the background to a more family friendly podcast, <laughs> right? So. Where people are cleaning and taking care of children. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, so. Uh, so you're bummed out. So the problem with the bat with making a couple bad transfers is it actually really, at least for me, it really hurts my confidence and it makes it harder for me to make more good. It's like, I feel like I don't trust myself to make transfers anymore, you know? And so I end up holding transfers because I just, I don't know what to do. It's like, I get, I get crippled with indecision, you know? And so I feel like that's where I am right now where I just like, I don't even know what I'm doing, you know? And it's such (laughs) a, such a frustrating spot to be. I, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, Hazard is gone. Murata obviously gone. Murata might be uh-huh. gone by the end of this, the end of the recording of this podcast. <laughs> um, I might, I might burn four. I might burn eight. I, I might, I might delete my team. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things <laughs> on the table right now. I know that 48 yeah. is not like or 49. I guess is what it's going to turn out to. I think 49 I, is like, like 48. One point Sorry, above average, just, right? Yeah, right. Forty-eight would right. be the average. It looks like uh, the top one thousand was on fire this week. It looks like their average is going to be closer to fifty-seven points. Right. So uh, forty-nine is you know eight eight below average. It's not exactly you know uh, a, a nightmare scenario, but just the way that it played out was you know all of my high ownership players did well. Uh, all of my sort of differential picks didn't, and that is the recipe for a bad season, right? Like just no one yeah. that I have who has low ownership is doing well. And it, it reminds me of something that somebody once said about, about fantasy, which is that when you're, when you're debating transfers, um, you know, there's the obvious pick, always a good option. There's the um, differential pick that everyone's talking about. Also often a good option. If there's a pick that nobody is talking about, <laughs> that's usually yeah. a player you want to avoid. And I've got like <laughs> a couple too many people on my team right now that nobody was talking about. And yeah. so that's, that's really what's got to change. It's just my overinvestment in Chelsea is what's killing me. Yeah, I I would be remiss if I didn't say it was the third game week in a row in which Murata finishes on negative BPS. So that's, you that, didn't that have to say ha- that. You didn't have to. Uh, it was but, uh, it, I, it was horrible. I, yeah, I mean the problem yeah. was there was no there was no move that I could make this week that really made sense, um, given that I wanted to do some serious surgery. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't really want to bring in Jimenez. Just for the one game, you know, just for the one game week, especially with with them playing Chelsea the next game week, it just it felt like that was going to hamstring me a little bit. And it looked yeah. like Murata was going to start. And if he was going to start at home to Fulham, I just felt like I had to hold on to him, you know. And so yeah. it was just it put me in a terrible spot. And then, he, you know, the guy is just I mean, I, I it honestly, I think, is the worst transfer I have made in all of my years playing fantasy. I genuinely I think I know that sounds hyperbolic, but yeah. in like whatever it is, eight years of playing fantasy, I've never made a transfer as bad as that. Um, yeah. And it's just it's really like screwing up my confidence, you know, and it's such yeah. a frustrating yeah. spot to be. So well, anyway, I'm trying I, to just rebound with the two transfers, you know, like get get myself back on track. I'm still like probably going to end up around 30K in the world. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm spiraling outside the top 100k or something like that you know so uh, mm-hmm. it's just that i'm frustrated because i was i felt like i was pushing on and now i'm just sort of it's, it's like i'm just keeping my head above water you know so yeah. anyway yeah. that's that's my game week i think you'll be i think you'll be all right i think the last transfer you made lucas dean was uh representative of your path forward just looking right. at what is what is the biggest problem what's the most logical option and do that and uh yeah i think with two frees you're you're poised yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope so. Yeah, 
I locked into a, a pretty. I locked. I locked into a pretty good game week fourteen just by virtue of um, Aguero not starting. Yeah. So I, I captained Aguero, and the vice captain was on Sterling. So I get eighteen points there. Yeah. And um, I mean, the the only regret in hindsight is that I didn't do a thing that I'll never do: is play five defenders at the back. So I've yeah. built a uh, second on my bench, who I won't get in. But 64 right. should help me crack the top 5K uh, overall in the world. So that's great. I'm yeah. Thrilled. That's pretty, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I got four clean sheets across the back myself. I, I wish that I had played Fabianski over Patricio. I debated it. I, it just It's one of those ones, you, even after it happened, I'm surprised, you know? I mean, Newcastle had three on the bounce and looked good. The attack seemed solid. I, Newcastle, you know, West Ham have been... You know, conceding goals to everybody. I mean, literally, yeah. you know, there's only one clean sheet yeah. this entire season. Exactly. So for them to go in there and, and, and dominate Newcastle, you know, on the road, it just it was shocking. And uh, so, you know, it was annoying. That was a seven. You know, it cost me seven points, but I just honestly didn't didn't debate it that seriously, you know. And so yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's same annoying. same with me. I, I could have I thought about diversifying and starting Matty Ryan, but I just could not see West Ham keeping a clean sheet at St. James yeah. Park. So yep. there you yep. go. All right. Uh, let's, let's get through the housekeeping real quick. We're going to try and keep this pod as tight as possible because yeah, pretty short, this obviously week. really short turnaround between the, the midweek, um, game week deadline for game week 15 so real quick the always cheating super league it's it's updating at the moment uh, i mean we may just shout this out on our next episode because everything is going to be in constant motion through the midweek fixtures we've got a yeah. few new patreon thank yous yeah uh, if you want to support the pod of course go to patreon.com slash always cheating where we've got uh, access to our slack channel and all sorts of cool swag right now if you become a patreon member we've got a discount code to our new always cheating shop that's at alwayscheating.com. so josh take us through the new uh new members uh yeah we've got uh f- looks like six new members um uh nim wallace julian bennett are two new poku level patrons brandon so they get, they get those guys get bonus shout outs this season uh daniel is a new sort level patron and uh, t- uh three new empicani patrons Jeff Priestman, Kiwi Nick, and Dean Newsom. So, uh, thank you to all of you guys. Thank you to um, you know all of our patrons. Uh, this Brandon, we're in December. This is our always treating pledge month. So, um, yeah, I uh, and by the way, a couple of people who have just just became new pledges. Um, I have messages on the way to you guys, but I, I was actually. Um, Brandon, a little real life information. Uh, take us, the take us under uh, the I hood. Have, yeah, I've been at a. Po- I've been actually away at a, a work conference the last few days. I'm a little behind on uh, sending out some emails to people. Uh, but anyway, I uh, yeah. But we also posted a new uh, Ask Us Anything podcast this week too. So uh, it's about 90 minutes of you you and I answering like. Like a good very 30 personal questions. questions. Very yeah. personal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to know more about us or God, yeah, if you want to know more than you thought you wanted to know about us, then um, subscribe to the podcast and you get access to and that. Interesting tease for that Ask Us Anything podcast. Uh, Jeff Goldblum came up, at, which created a whole exciting thread on Slack with our Patreon members of somebody who actually knows Jeff Goldblum. So uh, <laughs> it's celebrity access here at Always Cheating. Another and perk he posted to be... a photo of himself with Bruce with Bruce Springsteen. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, shout out to shout out to James. You're you're a real player. 
there out there in Los Angeles. Uh, another perk that comes from being a Patreon member is you uh, are enrolled automatically in our Starting 11 Retro Kit Contest. Starting 11 is, of course, our friends who have the uh, daily Fantasy Premier League app available for your iOS or Android phone. And each month, whoever has the top score in that month gets a free retro kit courtesy of Starting 11. November, it's a heated competition. You know, the final scores are still calculating, but uh, it's it's a dead heat. And the uh, top three players right now in November in our Patreon league, it's Guy Palladis, some guy uh, who will remain nameless, uh, his team name, <laughs> Ayuki Dini Me, and in first place, Jared Wiedemeyer. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, whoever wins, we'll hit you up with an email real quick, and you can pick your retro kit of your choice. Yeah, exactly. Which, so, of course, uh, means December, d- the December retro kit contest starts now. Right, exactly. So if you, if you support the podcast, you get access to the Slack. You get access to uh, the Patreon exclusive podcast. I think we might have two more coming uh, just this month as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, lots of other stuff to our league and the retro kit contest, et cetera, et cetera. So, Brandon, uh, keeping this tight, though. So uh, moving on, rants of the week. Uh, Tom Cat says – uh, assist. This is this is Tom's rant. Uh, I guess it's an FPL site rant. He says assists need a complete overhaul. The current system is a mess. Uh, should be the last attacking player to pass slash touch the ball to the goalkeeper. Simple as that. Uh, I assume Brandon. This is this yeah. actually and this ended up helping you. I think you gained two points as a result of this. Uh, uh, yeah, because the, yeah. Go ahead. The, yeah. yeah, the Sane assist that wasn't. Yeah, because Sané did not get the assist on that first goal, which uh, Bernardo Silva ended up putting in, uh, ended up getting Sterling those two bonus points and allowing me to gain some ground on anyone who had Sané and captained him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. although I was manning the always cheating Twitter feed on Saturday and to my selfless credit, I was pro Sané assist. During that match, and I was I was actually dumbfounded that the F- FPL didn't end up awarding the assist to Sane. And yeah, it just was weird. I, I mean, I guess it's because it's a cross, maybe, and not a and not a shot on goal. That's I don't know, but it was it was really it, it was almost it, yeah. It was just it was so awkward from Begovic that it kind of I don't know. It was just like it made it look weird. It was, it was like <laughs> Begovic just like toes it yeah. away or something, and it's a goal. Then maybe it's different, but he kind of. I don't know. Yeah, I was uh, – I actually, I got home last night, late last night, and I was watching all highlights of all the matches. And I was like, really? That did not count as a sense. I was shocked. Yeah. yeah. I have uh, two two things for Tom uh, regarding his question. Like, in in a sense, I agree with him in that let's just go – if Opta says it's an assist, that's the assist for FPL. But on the other hand, I think we were talking about this a little bit last week. Any way in which FPL can just – introduce more points it's fun to score points so i do like that the assist rule in fpl is a little looser and it's a little easier for our attackers to get points and that's fun so yeah. uh, but i, I guess kind if of it, two minds if you're going to be looser i guess you just want to go all the way with the looseness you know sure. it's like yeah. the it's it's yeah. like they don't quite it's like it's like a bend but don't break but yeah, I guess it's fine. It's just like the last person that touches the ball, yeah, like yeah. like Tom, Tomcat suggesting, and even if it takes a the last attacker that touches the ball before the goal is scored, unless like I mean, obviously like you know, uh, back pass that gets intercepted. You know, I mean, there are situations yeah. where it just wouldn't apply at all. But otherwise, sure. Like if you create the situation that leads to the goal, 
give them the assist. I think that's fine. Like it's not yeah. real life. It's a, it's a game, you know? And yeah. so, like you said, more points, <laughs> more points are good. That's, you know, I'm in favor as well. All right. So a quick rundown of what's coming up in the pod. We're going to talk about the key issue, which is our premium striker slot. Aguero, Kane and Aubameyang. Everyone wants to talk about those three guys and who we're rolling with into the festive fixtures. And we're also going to look at uh, we've got some underperforming players, uh, big time players who might be underperforming, screwing up your team. We're going to look at them and see if they're, in fact, underperforming or if we're just being impatient. Got a quick lightning round and then we'll preview game weeks 15 and 16. So, Josh, what do you say we take a quick break? Let's do it. I'm ready. Uh, all right, Brandon, uh, we're into uh, part one of the podcast. As you mentioned before, it's going to be a, a slightly shorter podcast this game week. Um, part one is Aguero, Kane, Aubameyang, FPL, Palmoni. I feel like we have, we've got some questions from some new folks this week, Brandon. I like that. He says, um, this week's big question is Aguero out and Kane or Aubameyang in. Uh, so Kane uh, scores, you know, a very, very 2018-19 season Kane situation, right, where he scores yeah. – he scores a goal, picks up six points, and that's kind of what you're getting from. So it looks good. You look in aggregate, you're like, wow, Kane's got nine goals in the season. Uh, yeah. But you're not getting those explosive returns. And, of course, uh, the, Obama, the, just just to nudge on that, the goal that Kane scores is a penalty, one, having nothing to do with him. Right, exactly. Yeah, so penalty of nothing. It's it's one of those – you know, this is kind of like – it's like a Mila Vojevic last year. Where there's just – I guess it's just like a bit of randomness, but they're inevitably like one, like every season there's one player that just seems to score like a ton of like ton more goals than they should because they're picking up penalties. Like I yeah. think Hazard's had some seasons like that before. We just had like tons of penalties. And obviously like to be the penalty taker, you've got to be a very good player. You've got to be in the pitch a lot. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, an open play goal is more reflective of how influential you are in the match. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, but of course, then we have Aubameyang who also scored a goal. On a penalty today, uh, but certainly Lavamiang looks like he's so interesting. He's like a he's like a kind of like a poacher, but he's also I mean, he's like he's just such a natural goal scorer. It's amazing, right? It's just yeah, he, so, he yeah. Such there's there's a bit of like bounty hunter about him in that um, he there there were situations today where he just knew he'd have to do it all on his own, and yep. he did it. He, and he was able to do it uh, there. Yeah, there's this ability about Aubameyang. It was interesting to watch the narrative sh- shift uh, throughout the North London Derby. Kane scores the penalty and everyone is like, "Ooh, my finger is right above the transfer in button. Let's go Kane. Everyone was sort of primed to bring him in yeah. after after this fixture. And then Aubameyang comes in with this fantastic screamer of a goal in the second half to to get him a brace plus an assist suddenly everyone's like yeah you know what kane actually not the the best value out there Aubameyang definitely and now there is this (laughs) cognitive dissonance happening and the thing that i think we need to talk about too is we're both aguero owners and i am not remotely convinced that it's time to get rid of aguero i mean if pep comes out uh tomorrow or tuesday and uh, or we find out midweek that Aguero is actually injured and he's going to be out for a couple more matches, then I'll, I'll reconsider. But right. I've done some uh, some quick comparisons on the Fantasy Football Sky- Scout member page, and Aguero is, through the course of the season, beating both of these guys. I mean, you have to take these players in current form, so maybe mm-hmm. these stats are slightly unfair, but um, I, don't, I don't know. Are you... 
feeling anxious about Sergio right now? Um, I don't know. A little bit, I guess. Um, you know, a little bit mostly because I, I kind of want these other players, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's his return. I mean, you know, he's. He has not been super. I mean, I, we, you and I have both been very pro Aguero the entire season. Really, kind of, um, we've been beating back. You know, questions. <laughs> the part part of the issue is like, if you look at the next. Okay, so his price hasn't risen. Its ownership is really high, which is a problem, right? Yeah. So if you drop him and he does well, then you could be in trouble. Um, he has not been great on the road this season, right? They've got two road matches coming up, uh, in, including an away match at Chelsea in game week sixteen. So. If he's out for game week 15, then um, with the Watford away at midweek, then he's and he starts for game week 16, then it's really not like a great time to have him. You know, like it's um, like it's basically like two game weeks where you could have Harry Kane or you could have Aubameyang. Aubameyang's yeah. uh, game week 15 fixture is not great. It's uh, yeah. it's a way to Man United. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a bad fixture anymore. He could do uh, an know. Armstrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone is scoring in Man United this year, so that's probably a fine fixture. And then they play at home to Huddersfield in game week 16. So um, that's a captainable fixture for him right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the question for Kane is, you know, is Kane ever going to um, get a rest? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you would think at some point it might happen. Um, midweek, they're home to Southampton. Does he I, – I don't know. I mean, the rest thing is just like how long is this going to go – you know – yeah, how long I, are we going to keep it, It's a little bit like yeah. us talking about Diego Costa walking the yellow card tightrope. You know, yeah. we we yeah. It, it it was all in the talking about will it won't it happen and it never did. Yeah, so I you know, I really just don't know what um what to do with until until we find out what's going on with Aguero. If Aguero was cleared to play, but the problem is are we going to know? Is he going to say anything? I mean, you yeah. know, none of us this is we've talked about this in recent podcasts, but I mean, you know, the stuff that happens with Aguero, no one knows about it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just not no one's inside these clubs breaking this information to us. It's very unlike, you know, now in the NFL, you know, it's like NFL fantasy is a lot easier because they just have like they have, you know, questions. They have like status reports that they have to send out. Right. And like, you yeah. know, on match days, if somebody is out hours before, you yeah. know, it's like it's just like a thing that breaks, you know, like, a, like I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. You know, I just sh- it shouldn't be, but I am. And, uh, <laughs> and I, and I know, you know, I know that day or the day before, if a player is out for that match with the premier league, you know, if that player's out when the team sheet comes out and suddenly they say, Oh yeah, Maguero had an issue in training yesterday. Um, and now he's not playing this weekend. Right. No, I did. That was not leaked anywhere as far as I know. Right. I mean, God knows you and I are in enough forums and enough different places that we would have found out about it if it had leaked. Right. Somebody yeah. would have saw it. You know, it yeah. Jamie Jackson, the infamous Jamie Jackson was the first person to leak it. <laughs> but naturally, because it was a, you know, Friday deadline, it didn't actually matter. Probably made everybody angrier at Jamie Jackson. Um, <laughs> what was actually annoying about that for me was I, I got completely screwed because basically everyone seemingly had um, Sterling as their vice captain or uh, or they got like Kellen Wilson off the bench. It was like him not playing was kind of a worst case scenario for my, my particular team. And then I, yeah. and then Brooks doesn't actually start. He comes on for one point, yeah. uh, you know, in the 77th minute. So 
um, just a complete nightmare uh, for me. I mean, it probably cost me like a, a five or ten point swing right there yeah. um, in terms of um, you know overall rank. So, or in, or in terms of like you know, my my score versus the overall rank. Yeah. Quickly on that point, uh, a guy like David Brooks or Martial not starting. Uh, it burned. It was like taking our medicine this weekend, but it gives, right. it fills me with a little bit of confidence going into midweek. Now, I mean, Trigger Lips was actually pointing this out on his Twitter feed. It's just um, bemoaning how pe- people come out and pretend like they know what rest and rotation actually means and predicting what the lineups are going to be when nobody actually knows. But um, right. I, I like the idea of just getting burned by these lineups over the weekend and now going into midweek right. with a little more confidence in terms of what yeah. the patterns might be. Now, we're not, we're not saying we know. Yeah, these, these injuries throw everything off, though. To, it's, I mean, you know, it. I I I honestly thought that Aguero. Okay, so Aguero gets injured and it just throws everything off. If, if he doesn't get injured, it seems likely that he plays this weekend. Um, possibly, you know, I mean that that Chelsea away match could be like a. I don't want to say it's like a title decider, but I mean they're competing so tightly right now with Liverpool. Yeah. Yep. that's a huge match. So you yep. you you play him this weekend because he doesn't need to rest for two fixtures. But you play him this weekend. He rests at midweek in the Watford match, which they should be able to win pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And then you have him fresh for the Chelsea match. I mean, mm-hmm. that just seemed like the way that they should do it. Um, but, but the way it worked out, it's, you know, J- Jesus plays and, and Sterling picks up an unassisted goal and actually should have had two goals. I really can't believe he didn't score in the, at the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if the, really the midweek Champions League travel had anything to do with it. Um I mean, yeah. this is this is all just uh, mindless speculation at this point. But I, I see what you're saying. So, all right. So we we have to dis- we have to make a decision though. Aguero's price is going down as we speak. Um, Aubameyang's uh-huh. price is going up also as we speak. Yep. Kane is just yep. flat flatlining as he is this season. Um, <laughs> I will apply a, a new FPL law, and it is the law of happiness. And I look at these three strikers, and Aubameyang is clearly the happiest, and he looks like he's actually having fun. He's enjoying yep. his clearly defined role in the team. Kane looks like, um, despite him actually being, what, like 25 or 26, looks like he is out on the field, like dishing out Werther's original hard candy to everyone, <laughs> like a like a nice old yeah. grandpa. And Aguero mm-hmm. just, um, it's hard to tell where his head's at. He's trying. He's in a great team. But, yeah, yeah I think he's Fun he, haircut. Yeah, fun haircut. He is having fun in that respect. Yeah, he's having fun <laughs> at the salon. But All right, so um, I could. Yeah. I, so I have two transfers. I could do uh, Hazard, Murata, and Aguero for David Silva, Harry Kane, and Aubameyang. I could just do that with the funds yeah. I have in my bank right now. Why would I not do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that was that? That seems like a good move, right? Yeah. I mean, I know this is like very team specific, but David Silva gets rested at the weekend, only plays I think like eleven minutes or thirteen minutes, uh, near certainty to start, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Kane, Aubameyang, maybe maybe they get rested, maybe not, but I mean, Aubameyang's already scored four goals off the bench this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of feels like a possible good move, you know? So. Uh, I'm a little worried about Arnautovic, uh, possibly not uh, not playing at midweek, you know, because of his uh, his injury. Although he did get subbed off early, got subbed off in the 70th minute, which I think will help. And uh, he, he, he were... wasn't stretchered off as his, his uh, recent custom. As, He's as like, his, oh, my yeah. knee popped out. <laughs> I need, but I need he a stretcher. He, he isn't a striker anymore. That is the that is the one worry with with him. 
is I mean, if I mean, I, unless they're playing like a four four two, I assume he's playing. I, I didn't actually, you know, I didn't see enough. I don't know tactically how everything lined it up, lined up in the um, in the West Ham yeah, Newcastle match, but yeah, I assume yeah. that he was playing behind Chicharito, which sure. in some everyone ways plays is, behind him, right? Always, which in which in some ways is actually fine. Like I, you know, I, I don't think that necessarily hurts him having Chicharito play together with him. Yep. Um, but he, at that point, you're you're playing for he's an out of position. Um, he's a forward playing as a midfielder, but. Mm-hmm. Um, their fixtures are so good that I, I can't say that I have any desire to get rid of Arnautovic right now. I mean, what do you think about him? Uh, I have the same questions. He, he hasn't been producing uh, very much. Mm-hmm. We've got an assist here or there. And he, they're, they're currently in their great run of fixtures. So I think we've, to this point, hoped to see more goals from him. Yeah, I think if I look right. at my front front three, Jimenez, Aguero, and Arnautovic, I, I generally agree with all of the um, worries about Aguero, but Arnautovic is the one that I'd most like to resolve. Uh, yeah. The problem is, is I'd like to turn, a, I'd I'd like to get a piece of this Kane and Aubameyang action, and I can't. Right. You know, you're going to have to trade some premium asset to get one of these guys in. So, do I look at Salah to do that? Um, maybe mm-hmm. that's something that I have to look at midweek because we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about underperforming players in a second but maybe right. i get i turn arnautovic into a bombing by dropping sala that makes yeah. me it makes I mean, me a little anxious liverpool play burnley and bournemouth in the next two they're both away most Salah will not be starting one of those two matches that's yeah. just that is a that is a dead certainty um i don't know which one though and as long as he gets minutes in both those matches i'm probably Moving him doesn't feel like the most urgent priority for me. That's like it's like fourth on the list. If your team yeah. in a situation like yours, I, you could probably do it. Actually, I mean, he, yeah. you could even move him to someone like Mane if you wanted to hold on to, if you wanted to have some like some, some piece of Liverpool, you know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for three million cheaper, I mean, I, I guess I'm just maybe it's just because like I've had like this, you know, four red arrows and five or something like that. But I I feel like I'm really trying to like. You know, like some of these, like, um, what's the word? Like precious, you know, like just like some of my like closely held opinions about some of these players. I'm starting to <laughs> starting to reform a little bit. And like, Do you want to kill you? You have to like, kill your darlings, Josh. Kill your darlings. Exactly. So that kind of leads us nicely segue into the next part of the podcast, which is uh, are they yeah. underperforming or are we just impatient? So we need to look at these key <laughs> players like Hazard, Alonzo, Salah and Mana, who you just mentioned, yeah. Martial, yep. Richarlison, the Wolves defense. We've got a lot yep. of questions of uh, people often just write into the pod ahead of our recording just saying, I've got questions about these guys. Do I do I hold or do I get rid? Um, right. We have a question here from Paul Larkin. This this will help sort of frame our, our discussion. Is form over fixtures the optimal FPL approach? I asked this after sitting on Petruccio for weeks on these uh, past two fixtures and keeping the faith in Hazard in the hope he'd score big this week against Fulham makes me wonder how important fixtures really are. So do you have a percentage um, in your mind, Josh, of it's this percent fixtures and it's this percent form? No, I mean, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't either. So yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, it's like, there's a, there's a, there's a kind of logic to it, right? I mean, you know, 
uh, I think it's 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 more true of defenders than it is of uh, than it is of forwards. Maybe right. Yeah. I think forwards can be a little more fixture proof. Uh, it depends on the, the setup of the team as well, right? I mean, you know, Kellen Wilson scores a goal away to Man City. That's not a shocking goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, Bournemouth yeah. are an attacking team. They're always going to have chances in a match. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, Juan Bissaka picks up a, you know, clean sheet at home. I, I know they picked up a clean sheet away to, to Man United uh, the week, the you know, before. Although, honestly, they were a bit lucky to have a clean sheet in that match. I mean, both teams were lucky to have clean sheets. That, that was one of those nil-nils that really... That could have been like you know two two or something like that, mm-hmm. um, but this but this match at home was like a classic like f- fixtures fixture right? It was like yeah. y- you you've been holding on to this four million defender for weeks and weeks because he's going to have a run of games where they play teams like Burnley at home and he's mm-hmm. going to be a great asset for those for those matches. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know it does, it, but you know with with informed strikers, I do think that they tend to be kind of fixture proof. And let's let's just leave man. I think we can just both agree that Man City's attack is utterly fixture proof, right? There's yeah. no, um, there's no fixture that is scary for them. Maybe yep. maybe Liverpool away, and they've already played that match, right? So yeah. like, there's you know that that team is fixture proof. You still want to keep loading up on those assets. Yeah. Um, for everybody else, I mean, you know, it's like look at look at Richarlison, right? I mean, you know, he's he's having an excellent season, but. You know, and and okay, he did blank at home. Um, you know, last week, um, but you know, I mean, the guy played. Um, what was it? He played. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling it up here. Right, they were they were played away to Chelsea in game week twelve, and away to Liverpool in game week fourteen. I mean, those aren't fixtures where you expect him to pick up a lot of points. You know, yeah. it's just that's just how it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, um, um, you know, that's. So I, I guess like I mean I, I feel like a lot of people have moved like totally into the form like category where they just don't care about <laughs> fixtures at all. Yeah, I I, I don't feel that way. Um, yeah. I think historically that has not been the case. Yeah. Um. You know. But yeah, you can you can probably overdo it a little bit. But I think this question is probably drawn from a lot of frustration that a lot of us are feeling about Wolves, uh, yeah. which is that they they were a team that looked really solid, really yeah. tight defensively. I mean they kept you know, four clean sheets in five matches between game weeks four and eight. And, um, and they've just, they're conceding to everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the last, in the last, what is it? Six game weeks, they have conceded goals to Watford, Brighton, Huddersfield, and Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's not in, in the Watford match and the Huddersfield match are both at home, you know, and they, they last two nil in those two matches. In the so. immortal words of Pete Campbell, not great, Bob. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, so you have, you have Matt Doherty, uh-huh. uh, who you nice. know is uh, he might actually be fixture proof, yes. right? Because uh, you know he plays as a wing back and yeah. he's just got a nose for goal. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the that goal he took was a very Marcus Alonso goal that he scored uh, yep. on Friday. Very much so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just right, you know, just knew where to be, mm-hmm. um, or was you know was kind of lucky to be there, but knew knew to take his chance when it was there. Yeah, um, you know, and he also just bombs down and, and creates chances for for his teammates too. Uh, but uh, you know, Patricio, like maybe it is time to let that team go. I mean, you know, the five at the or the three at the back, the wing back formation, you know, it's it like didn't stay in vogue very long, right? And it's sort of. I mean, are Wolves the only team that's actually playing that way right now? It might be, right? Does any other team have a wingback setup? Um, well, I think didn't Spurs Spurs were playing with wingbacks for a while today. Uh, uh, Arsenal set up with three sometimes at the back. they do. 
Yeah, I think it's it's almost like exactly what we're talking about. Not week in, week out though. Yeah, yeah. it's it's context dependent. And right. um I'm unsure about wolves. Uh, the way I'm thinking about them is you in have an encounter with somebody, maybe it's a coworker, and they do something mm-hmm. jerky to you, and you think, Well, that uh-huh. person's a jerk. Or or yeah. they don't like me. But in reality, they're actually having a bad day, and there is something outside of the the realm of your knowledge that affected that interaction. Um, yeah, well, I I really don't know what's going on with wolves. Are they reverting to the mean, or are they actually just having? Um, is something going on there that? I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to suggest that there's like drama in the locker room and that's what's causing this. I am just speculating that the form we've seen in the last month might not mm-hmm. actually be representative of the team. Is the team that we saw at the start of the this, this season actually representative of them? Um, it, it's a we can't answer that question right now because we have to wait 38 weeks. But f- for me and I think right. for most managers, for you, um or say the the standard setup with wolves would be if you're if you have three wolves assets you have Petruccio you have Doherty or or any kind of defender and you have Jimenez I mm-hmm. Jimenez probably doesn't need to go because he's decent value for what he's priced at and he's still managing to scrape up you know the gum, the FPL points that are the gum under the table Doherty mm-hmm. is still getting points he's not a problem Patricio. Yeah, I, I think he is a problem, but I, I think the problem there is if you don't have a rotational setup with your goalkeeper. So we both right. have rotations. It's Patricio. You have Fabianski. I have Matty Ryan. So mm-hmm. it's like I said last week, I think moving Patricio still at this point is a luxury move if you have a rotation or if you have another option. If you don't, right. then yes, I think Patricio, it's time to move him on because the form is gone i think you would play wolves right now as or you would play patricio as a form player so uh, yeah, but, but I, I don't i don't yeah, see any of these other yeah. assets like doherty or jimenez as problems because they're yeah. they, they appear to be fixture proof it's funny i'm looking at west ham's fixtures right now and i i, I may not even play patricio until like game week 22 yeah. <laughs> like yeah he may not he may not earn another start until um and actually even then they play man city away so uh it looks like game week 23 i may go like almost what is that that is january 19th it may be <laughs> like almost seven weeks until he starts another match my so, god uh fpl owlbear has a question about liverpool which i think we kind of touched upon big question liverpool assets not worth it outside of defense I think we're definitely coming around to the argument that um, say you're wild carding right now, double yeah. up on Liverpool defense and uh, the, the ones that are harder to rotate us. But Van, Van Dyke remains yeah. very appealing. It's nice to see him finally get any sort of attacking return today. And yeah, Trent is looking like he's in the form of his life. As far as I can tell, I think that if I at the start of the season, I was looking at Andy Robertson as um, crucial, like you had to have him. Trent was yeah. a rotation concern, but he is an incredible form and exceptional value at what he's priced at. I would go Trent over Robertson right now if I were looking to get one of them. Yeah, I think I think I would, too, especially because we have seen that Robertson has been rotated a couple of times this year or just once. Actually, he's only been rotated once, but I, I we could see it at midweek, possibly, too. Um, you know, I mean, the, his you know, it's it's Moreno that he rotates with. So there's not a lot of uh, 
I, you know, Klopp is not going to do that um, comfortably at any time. But, you yeah. know, it's it's possible, like, in this, in this Burnley match, we might – I don't know. I don't mean to, like, just throw out wild speculation there. But, I mean, the, the same could be true of, of Trent. But he has been rotating – um, out of some of these Champions League fixtures. So he's been getting the rest, um, but just not in the fantasy yeah. game. Although, you know, at the same time, you know, there, there are, obviously has to be some caution there because he did, um, you know, he was dropped uh, for, for two matches uh, in game weeks eight and nine. So, um, but yeah, like you said, he's in great form right now. So I, I think I agree with you there. Uh, yeah, the, the attacking assets, I mean, the issue is just that, that, I don't know. I mean, it, it's really tricky. I, you know, it's. It, I don't think there's like a really just obvious answer anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, it still makes me uncomfortable to not have any attackers from that team, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about probably the second best attack in the league. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess at some point we have to start talking about Arsenal as maybe the second best attack in the league, which is crazy. I uh, <laughs> never would have thought that going into the season. But Terrera uh, in. And yeah, but uh, you know, if they're not, they don't look like they did last year. We talked about this at the start of the podcast. Um, you know, so Salah's on 86 points, uh, Mane is on 80 points, uh, but Mane is 3.1 million cheaper, right? That mm-hmm. is the difference between having David Brooks in your team or or David Silva, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty giant jump there between those two players. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know, if you, know, you shaved it, David Brooks's head, he'd he'd look strikingly yeah. similar to David Silva. <laughs> and I I like David Brooks, but you know it's there is a you have to think about how much that money can be spread around a little bit too. So I, I do feel like we're I, we're upending so much of what we're saying. I mean, I, I like I said, I'm not like it. You know, I'm, moving Salah is something that I may not end up doing the entire season. Mm-hmm. Right. It may that he just he may just stay there the entire year. So I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not dying to get rid of him for my team, but. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if I was on a wild card right now, there's a yeah. decent chance that he'd be dropped. Also, he has built up no value. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no – it's not like, you know, you're – you got him at 10 and he's at 11-4 now or something like – you know, you can just buy him back at exactly the price you paid for or <laughs> he's like a possibly. He's like a boat at this point. Like, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's changing hands, but there's no value up or down. Nobody can really afford boats anyway, so. I know. It's, it's, I'm sad to say that because my dad is an actual boat salesman, <laughs> but it's uh, – that's true. The, 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 uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be – even though we've been talking around it and I'm thinking of it, I, I don't think it's an urgent Salah out situation because I think the thing that we have always said throughout this season still holds in that he is – he's a consistent metronomic player this season. He'll get no, you points. Okay. He'll, get, he'll get you points. So is it, is it weird that uh, Salah is like morphing into Christian Eriksen before our very eyes? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I did think they do a little better in this match. It's kind of like, okay, here, I don't, okay. I was had another thought today. Another, more, more, a, a, a sorry, sorry, just, just to clarify morphing in terms of FPL points, not as an actual player on the pitch, but as go a, ahead. As a, as a go ahead. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Shakiri, um, is he like, he is due, he needs to go like be, the like an Arnautovic somewhere, right? Like he he does not want to pass the ball. Like that he's a midfielder who hates to pass. It uh-huh. is a very strange thing. And I, I I just feel like he he might need to be like in a team that just lets him like be like, you know, the the short man's Charlie Adam or something. You a, know, it's just a like Stoke everything. City perhaps. Yeah, Stoke City. Yeah, I, I mean like 
I don't know what team's going to let him do that because I know he's got he does it with his ego. He's not going to move down a level, but yeah. um, I don't know. It's there are like there are days when he looks like the the missing piece for that team, and yeah. then there are other times where you're like. They, this does not work. Like this yeah. guy, you know, like he is not getting the ball to Firmino. Like, you know, Firmino, Sala, and Mane, when they're all clicking, are unbelievable, right? I mean, they, yeah. they we, we've seen it already. I mean, they, yeah. they took down everybody last year except for mm-hmm. Real Madrid, you know? And, you know, and even then, who knows? Because, you know, Sala got injured so early in that match. But, you know, but when all of a sudden when it's the three of them and Shakiri starts playing, it's like the Shakiri show. It's like everyone just – Everyone just kind of sits back and waits for him to do his thing. He's running all over the place. He's put muscling everybody else off free kicks. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really like Shakiri, so maybe that's just like my. But I used to like him because I like short guys, but he's just he's too selfish. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think I, about Shakiri? I your, Shikiri um, I see I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with you. I think definitely against Everton, it wasn't working for anyone up front. They look right. they they look very disjointed. I think yeah. I am seeing more of the – I'm focusing more on the upside with Shakiri at Liverpool. and yeah. um, Missed a huge chance too. He Salah did. He really him. did. And we as Salah owners really could have used any sort of vindication <laughs> this weekend. It yeah. definitely would have helped our rank. Um, what it does make everyone pine for though are the days in which Oxlade-Chamberlain suddenly showed up and was reborn at Liverpool. Yeah. And um, I'm, yeah. I'm just struggling to – figure out what the difference is between what Shakiri adds to Liverpool and what Oxlade Chamberlain was doing last season. But we need yeah. a little more Ox and a little less Shaq, uh, I suppose. Shakiri, yeah. Shakiri finished on a, a Murata-esque negative three bonus points today. <laughs> yeah, right. By the way, there have to be some managers out there who have uh, Jan Vertonghen, right? Yeah, sure. Like, ne- negative three know, for Vertonghen rough. today. Yeah. That is a bad that day is... in draft leagues everywhere. <laughs> oh my god he might actually be my draft league team I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go check. Uh, yeah two, two two more questions just to round out this section before we take a quick break uh fpl sure. captain jeff willis asks um with the inevitable resting benching of so many players midweek with three games in seven days boring as it may be but is cleaning up improving our bench better than perhaps just rolling up a transfer so we both have two free transfers Heading into the midweek fixtures, uh, fixtures coming fast and furious now. You approaching? Um, are you looking at your bench at all, shoring it up? Or I feel like I'm going to be probably, or what I find effective is to be aggressive during the festive fixtures and to try and play yeah. um, attacking rotation as best you can um, and yeah. resolve your starting eleven issues. Obviously, your bench is going to come into play because of all of the rotation. But um, I'm sorry to say it, Jeff, but if your bench wasn't handled by now, then um, I'm not, I don't want to say it's, it's, too, it's, it's over. too late. It's over for it's you, heartbreaking. Jeff. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, uh, no, you, I, I, dis, I, I think I disagree with you there. OK. I, I mean, it, it, it just depends on how I mean, you know, it's it's it, depends on any 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 particular person's team but i do think that um you know you don't maybe you don't have to maybe show up your fifth defender or something but um yeah i mean if you've got like this fourth midfielder who keeps coming in and costing you points and there are a number of 
this is not like a subject for today's podcast. Maybe it will be for an upcoming podcast. But, you know, if you want to just like talk about 5 million midfielders, like there are a lot of interesting options there. Like, you know, Brooks in particular, right? David Brooks, who we were talking about earlier, like 5.1 million player just got rested. Uh, maybe he doesn't fit into your starting 11, but, you know, as a, as a fourth or fifth midfielder, like he's kind of an interesting option. Yeah. All right. I moved the last question into our lightning round, which is coming up next. So uh, stay tuned for that. Brandon, we were talking about starting 11 all season. Last week, we talked about starting 11's brand new mini league since we've been teasing it for a long time and it's finally here. It's kind of like one of those, like if you've been waiting to check out starting 11, if you've been waiting to finally get that gambling fix, maybe you're like me and Murata has ruined your will to live and you just need something like new in your life. Mm. Starting 11, Brandon, that's mm. what you're looking for. Uh, so it's a live Premier League fantasy. It's for free and for cash prize. You can play either way. Uh, it's available now for your phone and your Android device. Uh, any day there are two or more matches, you pick your best 11-man squad with no budget restrictions. Uh, it also looks, it lets you make substitutions in real time, Brandon. So uh, you don't have to be in the situation we were in with Aguero, right? That's <laughs> when the Aguero new, news breaks in FPL, you are screwed. Yeah. Uh, also because you picked your captain the game week before. Uh, in this case, you can pick your captain up until the last minute. You can make all those swaps before the matches actually begin. Uh, so in that one way, it is... Uh, and that one way, and in other ways, it is a massive improvement over the, uh, the fantasy <laughs> game as it's, as it's set up. So uh, you can join thousands of players uh, worldwide competing in the English Premier League contest for cash and pride. Oh, like, Brandon, Brandon, you wrote this copy, and pride is so... Yeah, pride is like important to like me. A, yeah, it's it's very it important is. to me. It's not. It's never about the money for me. It's, it's all about the pride. It's strutting down the street, and I, I'm just pointing fingers at strangers on the sidewalk mm-hmm. saying, I beat you at starting it's, 11, it's I beat the, you at starting 11, I probably yeah, beat you. Can you got a paint can in your hand? And it's like the beginning of uh, Saturday Night Fever. It's just walking <laughs> yeah, through Bay yeah. Ridge. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So cash games are, are now available in the U.S., uh, U.K., Canada, and Germany for your iPhone. Uh, they're also available on Android devices in the U.K. Or you can also just pick up the app and p- uh, play for free wherever you are. Uh, so visit eleven. Visit starting eleven. That's starting one one dot io for more details. Uh, you can also find tutorials there on uh, how to play the game, how to actually join these mini leagues instead of mini leagues with your friends. Um, so once again, go to starting11.io to learn more. Josh, I love FPL, but I don't know much about gambling. So uh, the the advice is don't waste your time and your money gambling on things you don't understand. Be smart and participate in a game that you do, Starting 11. Lightning round time, Brandon. James Doncaster says, how much does team loyalty or player investment affect your decision making? Uh, I think I can answer for both of us that loyalty means nothing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is not the Italian mafia here. Uh, Loyalty means nothing. Um, Basically, FPL points means everything. So, you know, does Tony Tony Soprano die at the end of the Sopranos? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I, I do know that if he was a great we'll FP, if he yeah. was a great FPL manager, I then then we would know yeah. about that for sure. Yeah, I think he doesn't, for the record. But that's that's another conversation. That's that's a Patreon podcast. Some other time, Brandon. Uh, player investment. I, I think he means the like overall ownership levels here. It is a factor, but not a 
not an overriding factor. Um, you know, I know that a lot of good managers also think about things like um, they like to captain the most captained player. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that this is a game that uh, where defense counts more than it, it counts a lot more than another fantasy games, um, you know, because you can own the same players. And so you have to be more defensive. It's the, I'd say it's the weakest part of my game, my personal game. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Investment can rise and fall so fast um, that I don't take too much stock in it. I mean, you know, James Madison was uh, one you know, one point owned by you know, I think like thirty plus percent of managers. Right, yeah. he rose from six point five to seven million in a couple of weeks. And you know, when his form he scored a great goal by the way this week. But when his gold like when when his form dipped, and then obviously you know gets the red card, and um, I mean he had dropped you know twenty plus percent. You know, so. Um, so in that case, you know, you know, I don't know, like, what like, was it, you, you have to like pick a time when the ownership doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ownership, you know, so I, I don't really, I mean, it is a factor when you think about someone like Aguero. I, if it's like over 50%, yeah, that's a problem. Um, that is a major factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and t- team um, loyalty yeah. basically only affects people who are what, like Arsenal and Manchester City fans. I'm a Fulham fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, there's, I'm not going anywhere near Fulham FPL assets. Maybe Mitrovic is a different story, but I think that affects people so rarely. We did have a Jeremy Rollinson, a good friend of ours who played in a cash league with us before. He did terribly one season because it was a Chelsea title winning season and he hated Chelsea to the point where he wouldn't put any <laughs> of them in his team and he did terribly. Yeah. But yeah. I guess he did. It didn't. He didn't seem to care. So it, it's it's all how you play the game. If what's important to you is <laughs> yeah. scoring FPL points, you have to get over team loyalty. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. FPL president says with uh, West Ham's great fixture run and pressing away to Newcastle, is it worth doubling up on the attack uh, with Arnie and Felipe Anderson? Hey, maybe we throw Chicharito in there too, Brandon. Let's you know. I don't know. Sure, the guy who pops up uh, once every 38 game weeks to remind us of his uh, relevance. Um, Yeah. I think where I'm actually leaning, uh, the pendulum has swung for me. I'm still not into doubling up on West Ham despite the great fixtures in their attack. But now I'm looking at maybe ditching Arnie and bringing in Felipe Anderson. He's less arthritic knees and... um, I will say yeah. uh, having Balbuena at 4.4, I'm going to keep banging this drum until I make at least any money on this FPL uh-huh. purchase. Yeah. But that's yep. a, that yep. is a decent price for this great run of fixtures for West Ham. A guy like Balbuena, even going back to our discussion of Patricio and goalkeeper rotation, Fabianski is right there for the taking. So yep. those are the guys I would be looking at as opposed to a double up in the attack. Yeah, um, I I just don't trust. I I feel like to double up on a team, you've got to think they consistently can score like three goals in a match, and um, you know to, to, to justify it, uh, I don't see three goals a match from this team. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think um, I think you could pick your, your pick your West Ham player. You know, like I don't think that Arnie has to be the only consideration here, but. Um, yeah, I don't see, uh, I just don't see a double up as, as being something that's, that's worthwhile. Last question of the lightning round from David Taylor. Has the march towards Solly departed? Uh, I think it's five assists on the season now for Solly March and he's tied for second wow. most assists in the league. It's insane. Wow. That is, that's insane. That to me just feels like a false, 
Florin Andone is actually the player I, I would be more interested in. You know, the guy hasn't had like any minutes this season, but he's only five million. And if he's if he's he looked very attacking, he actually could have had a brace in this game. So I um, I don't know. I mean, obviously you can't. Glenn Murray, in theory, is going to continue to play and start a lot of matches, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't know. I mean, they did. I think they did. No, I guess they did. It was a straight swap for Andon for Murray. So um, I don't know. Sully March, if he was when he was four point five million last year, he was yes. more appealing. Agreed. Five million. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just I don't know. Uh, David, I'm you know, the likes of David Brooks, I find more more appealing because he has assist and goal potential. Sully March, if he. Yeah. Am I eating my hat if Sully March scores a goal? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. No, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Brooks is point one more, and uh, he and that is a team that could score three goals a match. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I would double up on a on a you know on a, on a Bournemouth team. All right, we have two game weeks to preview here: fifteen and sixteen. Uh, the next game week, good lord, kicks off Tuesday with Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Brighton, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Cardiff, Watford, Man City. Man City, really uh, one of the bigger FPL relevant teams. I guess we should talk a little bit about Bournemouth. Uh, at home with Huddersfield. That's a decent matchup for lots of our Bournemouth assets. Um, who do you like yeah. for your team, your FPL captain in game week 15? It's a good question. Um, let's assume that Aguero isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Let's just, you know, just let's assume that I'm not sure that's going to be true or not. Uh, I, well, it depends on who I bring in. I think Kane would be an option if I, if he's in my team. Um, they're home to Southampton on Wednesday. Um, I think that uh, David Silva, if I brought him in, would be an interesting caption option. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most um, most likely of their midfield stars to be almost close to guaranteed a spot. I, I don't know why he would be benched for two matches in a row. We didn't talk about him um, at all in yeah. uh, the Man City portion of our discussion, but... Leroy Sané. Um, yeah, he's an option too. Um, Sané or or Silva. Um, I think they're uh, they're both good options. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm just maybe I'm looking at this in too narrow of a lens uh, because I know that Silva's going to start the next game mm-hmm. or, or feels very you know close to certain. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about any like um, non-standard picks? Like is. Uh, um, well, it, you know, Charlison. I was just going to point to Everton at Goodison Park yeah. hosting Newcastle, Richarlison or Sigurdsson. So I have this Martial issue. We didn't talk about Martial and our uh, underperforming players, but of course, the classic player in great form. Once I bring him into my team, he hasn't done anything. Uh-huh. Uh, now, I he looks pretty certain to start. Uh, because he came on for a one-point cameo. We can assume that was uh, a rest, and he's ready to start against Arsenal on Wednesday. How <clears throat> stout do I think the Arsenal defense is going to be? Can I get anything out of Martial? But he, I'm, I have this itch to turn Martial into somebody else, and Gilfie Sigurdsson is actually uh, really appealing to me. And Everton have some really decent fixtures in the next two they're both home fixtures in 15 and 16, it's Newcastle and then Watford on uh, Monday. And Sigurdsson, yeah. both of those, would be a really interesting guy to have. Also, Richarlison, perhaps a uh, decent value, cheaper. I, I, I like that call as a Everton captain. Um, yeah, and then I think, um, I don't know. I guess that's it. I mean, the Chelsea, I'm, I'm a little kind of off them right now. Um, 
Yeah, maybe maybe Salah, um, Salah or Mane way to Burnley. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith that Burnley are going to keep a clean sheet in that match. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So say hypothetically you're a Callum Wilson owner. Any temptation here at home to Huddersfield? That's a good question. Um, I mean, Callum I Wilson know. looks. He continues to. I kind of hate it because. I do love to slag Callum Wilson off for what he's done to FPL managers throughout history, but he, can, yeah. he continues to look uh, really good this yeah. season. He looked great and really bright against City there at home uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I guess just with, with Josh King back, uh, are the goals going to get split amongst those players a little bit more? Is that, you know, that's, I guess that's the one, mm-hmm. the one concern there. Um you know, I mean, King was was really in pretty good form before he got injured. So, um, you know, he double digit returns in two of the two of his last four. Before and he got the penalty, I, I don't know. the penalty think, issue yeah. there as well as uh, Josh pens, King going to yeah. take the pen over Kellen Wilson, probably one would guess. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you can't argue with 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 Wilson's returns this year. He does, he does have double digit returns twice? You know, seven goals and seven assists in the season. Um, you know, extraordinary returns for a player who started the year at you know six million. So. Um, yeah, he's an option. I just don't know that he's like the premier option this week. Maybe he's a good like vice captain pick because you know he's going to start. Yeah. Aguero is quite appealing uh, midweek if we know he's got a clean bill of health. But there is this nagging issue of his away form, which is pretty bad right. compared to his home form. Yeah. And I don't know. I Just looking at the Spurs, the Spurs fixture, if it's not Kane – do I find do I use my two frees to turn Salah into somebody like Deli Ali? So there are a few people raising this idea that well Kane oh okay, so Aubameyang over Kane. That's where we are after Derby Sunday. Uh which yeah. leaves space for a for Spurs a Spurs coverage pick, so to speak, in the midfield. So you've got Aubameyang coming in for you up front, and then you're getting your Spurs attack in the midfield. So if I do Salah to Deli Ali and um, you know any anything else from there, I would I would consider captaining Deli Ali against Southampton. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just like has he had like a big match this year? You know, like a like a real dominant performance. It just feels like he he's like he's he's kind of a form player like Eden Hazard is, where it's like. He's like one of those players. If you get him at just the right time, you can like get him on this like run of like, you know, three braces in a row or whatever. Whatever you know, yeah. whatever, like it was two seasons ago. Well, yeah, that, and, and the roadblock with yeah. Deli Ali is I think he has had those performances on the pitch, but they haven't translated into huge FPL halls. Like as soon as he came back yeah. from injury, he subbed in um, against City in game week ten. Looked decent. And Palace, Chelsea, Arsenal, I think specifically Palace and Chelsea, he put in really good performances. That Chelsea match from an FPL standpoint, that's a goal and an assist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think yeah. he is in that form. I think he has the attitude that we need. So, yeah, I I, I see your point. It's it's a punt in, in that there's no guarantee of returns or the stats aren't there to mathematically point you to FPL returns with him. But right. if I'm going to take a flyer on any of these Spurs players, it's him, bar none. It, 
it would be nice to have a Spurs asset for for this upcoming run. That's that's for sure. I I, I don't really know. Kane feels it's still that's still a tough that's a, it's a tough one to commit to, especially because it almost definitely means Aguero out. Mm-hmm. So 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 we'll see. I'm still very much on the fence about that one. Um, do we want to talk at all about game week 16? I mean, it's it's you know, a lot of a lot of it feels very dependent on what happens uh, midweek, but. Um, well, what, 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 are, what are the captainable, the captainable fixtures, I guess? Maybe we don't have to talk about individual right. players given the pileup, but uh, interesting right. capital uh, captaincy fixtures. Uh, Everton, again, as I said, at home to Watford. Watford's defense has been pretty creaky. Yep. You've got uh, Arsenal home to Huddersfield, mm-hmm. um, especially with Lacazette now now back and, and healthy. Hasn't logged a ton of minutes the last couple of, couple of weeks. I think he... Well, yeah, I guess he only played 45 minutes, right? And didn't, didn't play in the Europa League or last week. So, uh, you know, he might be an interesting option uh, or or obviously Aubameyang. Um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, what about, would you think about Mar- Martial at home to Fulham? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably a hard call because you haven't like really reaped any serious benefits yeah. from it. But yeah. um, it'd be an interesting one. If Martial does anything against Arsenal in 15, then uh, definitely he'd be on the short list for captaincy and and the weekend, any team playing yeah. uh, with with Fulham on the road is a great fixture. So, yeah, I just need to see something Maybe. from need yeah. to see something from him in fifteen. Spurs again, uh, decent fixture. Leicester's Leicester City's defense has not been great. The Chelsea Man City yeah. matchup. You talked about this earlier in the show about how this is just a huge league title deciding matchup, and there'll be a lot in this match. So it makes it a little more um, uh, strained in terms of figuring out what the result is going to be or who's going to perform. Yeah, it'd be interesting for them. And it, well, they have they have played away to Old Trafford, Stamford Bridge, um, the Emirates, and uh, Anfield. I mean, so they'll play you know away at all four major contender <laughs> title contender stadiums, yeah. and they and they've already played at Wembley too. So. I mean, for the second half of the season, it's going to be all home matches against the top teams. Oh, my God. Uh, mama, what an, mama. What incredible. Yeah, seriously. I mean, they really might, like, not lose a match this year. So, um, yeah, but this might be the one they lose. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we mentioned before that, you know, Man City players are always captainable options. But I do think there are probably better options, especially if you have an Arsenal player or a uh, um, or a Spurs player. Liverpool too. Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool players at Bournemouth. Well, that that's not a. I, I don't see Bournemouth keeping a clean sheet there. And so, if someone like Salah is rested at midweek, um, Salah at home, you know, Salah away to Bournemouth would be a decent captain option too. I really blame Charlie Daniels for not me not having a better score in game week fourteen. Charlie Daniels is supposed to be over. He he had a pretty decent match <laughs> against Manchester City. I, yeah. I feel like he. Um, yeah, we could have seen more attacking returns from City if it were not for the mighty Charlie Daniels. It's Simon Francis, too, with the assist. Yes, very true. Man, Ma- amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at, Nathan Ake? We're looking for you. All right, Brandon. Well, that's the podcast. This is one of our shortest podcasts uh, of the season. Uh, yeah, I, there's a lot going on. We want to get this one out as soon as possible, obviously. So I uh, didn't take as many questions as we normally do. But, Brandon, we do want to thank our patrons. And, Brandon, I have big news for you because in the middle of this podcast, we got a new patron Woo. while recording. I got a pop up. Joe Gleason. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. 
Yeah, just go to patreon.com slash always cheating for more information about what Patreon is, how it helps us and how it helps you, all the cool stuff that you can get in return, um, access to our Slack channel, the starting 11 retro kit contest and so on. And right now for a limited time only, if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount code to the new always cheating shop. Mugs are going worldwide, Josh. People love the always cheating mug <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, we should have talked about something earlier in the podcast. Yeah, we've sold a, a fair, a, quite a lot of mugs already. So uh, if you want to check that out, Brendan did a great job of the mug design. You can, uh, uh, it's kind of, it's got our logo, but it also has um, uh, the patron saint, the Mount Rushmore of the always cheating podcast yeah, on it indeed. as well. Quick thank you to our producers, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley. Chris Howell, Raphael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, and Chris Carter. You guys are legends. Subscribe to the podcast. You, we are on Spotify. This is new to you and to us. But if you use Spotify, you can now enjoy Always Cheating there. Also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that you get fine podcast and if you feel like it if you if you enjoyed this podcast just run by itunes give us a five-star review we really appreciate it you can also follow us i I feel like social media is going to be uh very helpful to all of us over the next 48 hours because we tried to cover (laughs) a lot in this podcast the shorter podcast but there are going to be lots of issues that come up with various press conferences and injury news if you have any questions for us hit us up on twitter at hail cheaters that's h-a-i-l cheaters follow us on facebook facebook.com slash always cheating send us an email hail cheaters at gmail.com and Josh, you know where to find us if you if you just need all that information in one place, go to alwayscheating.com and we'll set you up. Brandon, you said it all. Uh, so thank you again for listening to the podcast and uh, good luck this week. Uh, we won't be back at midweek. So, um, you know, we'll have two game weeks to talk about next week. Uh, yeah, but best of luck to everybody and uh, hail Poku, Brandon. Praise Poku. Poku forever. So many, so many different ways for us to, to share our love for Poku. It's Poku season. <laughs> it is. It's Poku's world, Brandon. We're just living in it. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Josh. Yeah, good luck, Brandon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.